Hello and welcome to Awaken Wednesday. I'm so excited for today's episode because Gabby, Isabel, and I have something really exciting to talk about uh, in terms of emotions and reality. And it's really like the things that make me so excited to jump out of bed is having these type of conversations with my two best friends. So I'm not going to give too much weight. You totally want to listen to this episode. It will blow your mind and inspire you to go do something amazing today. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. The question is, what's better, chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Mine. Chocolate. That was it. I, was just, <laughs> I don't know what psychopath chooses. <laughs> yeah, who picks vanilla? We're going to have a whole tangent on this, and we could actually make it a whole deep podcast, I bet. <laughs> but... What we, I really did want to talk about this one is how we can rewire our reality. So right now we are doing this Reiki healing course, learning about how to be energetic healers. And I find it really interesting. And at the same time, we just got this book that uh, mom's reading about how about by Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural and how they're really tied together and how it has so much to do with our emotional well-being. But before I get into that, I wanted to state how always for so long, I focused on the aspect of mindfulness where because I've been a type nine and I would mute out and ignore my emotions, the big step for me, especially because I heard it so much among society and what all the mental health gurus was feel your feelings and become aware of your feelings and feel them and feel them and feel them. And so that was always been the big thing that I focused on trying to um, be uh, do more of, to embrace. It was actually feeling my feelings and understand them because I've always been like, oh, I feel negative or I feel this unhealthy state, so it must have to do with my feelings. And I've even seen how now more and more how much I've repressed my emotional well-being. But recently, as we started this course and have, and she's been reading this book by Joe Dispenza, it's crazy to see that, or the, how they say the same thing and they're not even connected that your emotions are a projection of the past. And so that's what I really want to talk about in this podcast episode and break down what that means because they are all saying that your emotions, while valid, how much everyone's saying them, that you should feel your feelings more. What we don't realize is that our feelings are not really an accurate representation of where we are now. And I also used to be so wary of the, uh, the idea of, oh, detach from your emotions. Your emotions aren't you. And I was always thinking, what the heck? What are you saying? Like, no, my emotions are totally part of me. These are, they're like really, literally making me feel how I feel now. And so when they're saying um, in the course, in, in his book saying, your feelings are all coming from a thought process. So Mom, do you want to explain what you've been reading in Joe Dispenza's book yeah. and what and go into more of what they mean? And as you guys know, we have this this new app. And so I'm uh, breaking down the book in the app with like little summary tidbits so you can get into the nitty gritty of this. But overall, we end up having um, 
a very, something happens in our external world, okay? And we're gonna call that, that's the electric part of our life, the matter, the things we see, um, whether it's a book dropping or somebody giving you a hug or somebody telling you something, it's, it's something coming for our sensory. And that triggers a chemical reaction inside of us. And that chemical reaction releases a memory, uh, or releases, sorry, an emo emotion. And that emotion then comes back full circle and triggers a thought. And it tends to be that that emotion triggers a past thought, whether we recognize it on the conscious level or not. So let's say, um, like I was saying, a, a book drops and you feel scared all of a sudden. And that triggers subconsciously, that emotional release triggers something that you, a time when you felt like that in your past. And then you stay trapped kind of in this emotional cycle. And like I said, in the, on the app, I describe it with my whiteboards much better, but uh, we end up in this, it just, it's perpetuating these same emotions and what meditation does, you know, when you can shut off your eyes and, and extract yourself from that sensory world, you can start connecting with more of a vibrational force inside you and the frequency. Uh, and what I do like about Joe Dispenza is that he gets super into the science of it. To me, it just validates, I'm like, oh wow, I've always acted this way based on a feeling, but I didn't realize there was a science behind why I felt this way and why I was able to do things that it seemed like other people wouldn't take risks to go do or wouldn't do what they were, they were telling themselves. To me, I always go, yeah, you're telling yourself that you can't, but like, I just went and did it. Why can't you? Of course you can. And there's a reason behind it. It has to do with breaking that emotional past that, um, you know, that you feel, that you feel tied to. Yeah. I'm gonna add. I mean, I think there's a big part of that too, where people, um, when we talk about manifestation and the law of attraction, you have to, um, everyone's always like, you have to become the energetic match for what you're trying to bring into your life. And we don't talk about law of attraction that much because we don't see it in terms of the law of attraction because we see it in terms of this, because it's great to like, think about whatever you want so much. Like, Oh, I want this thing. I want this thing, but you have to become that thing. And the reason we can't become that thing is that even though we think that we're, we're looking off into the distance, like, Oh, I want this thing. Our minds are still running the same circuit, same circuit. So we can't actually like draw that into our life and pull it into our reality in the present, unless we just change the circuit now. And then the manifestation is just the byproduct. So let me tell you in simple terms what that would, what that kind of look like for us. It, and it's sometimes it's hard for me to go this far back, but I definitely remember when these guys were, um, Gabby would have been like 12 or 13, Isabel was like nine or 10. And we we're already past that exhausting part of parenting where it's like nobody was in diapers anymore, but our life was a little bit mundane with homeschooling and work and things like that. But we were starting to have more fun to, at the same time. We'd go surfing in the morning a lot, or we'd at least, we lived kind of by close to the beach and we'd go to the beach. We'd, we'd do, we'd search out more things in our mundane schedule. We'd seek, seek um, a little bit more fun than the average person yeah. I think made yeah. time for. And I remember, I mean, actually it was even probably a year or two before that we started RVing a lot and we would spend tons of weekends RVing at the beach. And I just remember over and over thinking like, gosh, this feels so great. I feel this emotion of happiness. I feel the warm sun on me and like, ah, uh, you just, you kind of were starting to feel these feelings of bliss in a way. And so 
then that starts triggering, you know, before then, I think I would have been like caught in the emotion of I have to, I, you know, I'm scared that if I don't make enough money, um, we're never going to eat. I'm scared that if I don't drive a certain car, what people are going to think of me. And so it was that subtle breaking away from the fear of what the status symbol was to that, to stepping into like trying something small, different. And that the point of this is that you have to start small. I've always said you have to start small. You have to break your routine. You have to do things a little bit different. Ideally, you want to break your routine dramatically and do things way different in alignment with what you really want. So we were camping at the beach every weekend and, and I'm like, God, oh, the warm sun. Actually, we camped during the week. Remember, your dad would go to work and we would spend the week at the mm -hmm. beach a lot of mm -hmm. times before we moved to the beach and we would just stay in the RV. I'm thinking like, yeah, this is nice. Like there life is simple where kids are playing in the sand it's so much better than homeschooling and sitting at a desk all day and so you you do that and then i remember a point thinking in my head i'd be up in the middle of the night thinking like i wonder what it would be like if our entire life was just this that was the first trigger i wonder and so by wondering it you start to imagine what that reality would look like you imagine well what would it look like if every day i was waking up at the beach or, or I wonder what, we never went camping before then, so what would a forest look like? What would the mountains be like? What would be, what would be like to drive to another state? I wonder what Colorado's like. That wonder starts triggering, it started triggering an emotion. And I thought, oh, that's gonna feel happy. That's gonna be exciting. And so you can start taking this matter, this image, a picture of something with the chemical reaction. And that's what all of Joe Dispenza's books and what he tells in meditation is all about. You take this intention, this thing that you want, to me, it was waking up at the beach. For you, maybe it's a different career, whatever that, and you wrap it in an emotion, in a positive emotion, and that rewires your brain. And like I tell you, in the end, we ended up creating that because of that wrapped up emotion. Sorry, yeah. that was a little long. You're fine, you're fine. Then it, it gave me time to think about my next point because I'm so brain dead at this point in the day because I was living in an emotional loop. Anyway, but that's what I found was really interesting connecting it to the course we're doing is because I feel like this was a really hard concept for me to overcome of, of that your feelings are manipulating you and they're not necessarily truth because it was all about discovering it was my brain was trying to question well what is the truth and i couldn't figure out what is, that is are my emotions me or are they lies are this they this fictional thing or are they truth or so i think it really ties into what we're learning about in the reiki course which is all about the chakras and he's talking about too in it the six layers or the seven layers of our auric being basically, and how we hold basically traumas or emotional or like blockages in each of these areas. And he's talking about in each chakra, your root, your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, you can hold these energetic blockages that are like, imagine a knot in your system, you know, or like if you have a pulled muscle, it's like a breakage there and how we're supposed to cleanse that. And I think for especially, seeing how our emotions form our reality seeing how much this ties in is really crazy because okay so say your emotions are controlling your, rea your reality currently and maybe that's your stress loop you know you go to work day after day and you are going then you're doing the same things you're working on autopilot and your so your brain's doing the same thought loop so the same emotions are being triggered and by etc 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 by being in the same loop and so by coming back, it's so simple in a way, I've always wondered because as I was younger, 
I was always trying to notice that, oh, when I did a certain thing, if I pushed myself, I felt better. Or if I tried something new, I felt better. And I didn't realize until now why that is. Because your solar plexus is the place, they say, where you hold your emotions and is your place of doing. So by staying in the same loop of things you're doing, you're triggering the same emotional loop and staying in that low frequency. And they're also causing more blockages because you're just blocking off more routes. You're not expanding literally your bubble of what the world is. And so by doing new things, you're opening your solar plexus and you're releasing those emotional loops. So by doing, we need to do more new things. And I think that's also a really hard thing for people to do because that's also stepping into the unknown. And in society in general, we're taught not to step into the unknown. Yeah. I mean, so I think the other part of this is that um, part of it, what you're saying also starts with wonder, right? Like you explained how it started, when you created space in your life, it created wonder and you're saying, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you want, you got to go do these new things, but it also starts with wonder. People don't necessarily know what to do that's new if they don't have wonder first. Well, how do you get to wonder? You have to create a space where you're not stressed. Mm-hmm. So I think the confusion comes in that people think that the stress is, is the stereotypical image of stress being, you know, in traffic and being angry. But stress is associated with the beta brainwave and i don't know if this video is going to come out before or after the series but we're going to be putting out a series on youtube about the brainwaves but um as a quick overview there's five brainwaves and we spend way too much of our life in the brainwave of beta and beta is the stress state but it's also the productivity state and it's the state where we're scrolling through instagram where we're taking in our surroundings essentially everything we do in our life especially with the presence of our smartphones and technology we're constantly in this beta state. And even though it's not a stressful thing to do to scroll through Instagram, it's inherently the stress state. So when you're in this brainwave state, your brain is emanating this frequency, um, which then triggers the, the neurons to respond a certain way, which then triggers emotions that follow that, you can't enter that state of wonder. And to enter the state of wonder, you actually have to calm down from beta into alpha and theta. And I think that's the key part why he says you have to meditate on it. That's just his way of saying you have to enter alpha and theta, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to, I mean, everyone should meditate. Meditation is good for everyone, but you can also, because you entered this space, you never meditated back then. then, You were being on the beach, but that's calm presence. That's not, I'm not living in the future. I'm not concerned with, um, social media, etc. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not concerned with what I have to do tomorrow, what errands I have to run. It can be, you know, alpha can occur when you're in a yoga class, when you're gonna run, those sorts of yes. things. Yes, Medit- that's exactly it. Meditation does not have to be crisscross applesauce, finger and thumb connected. Oh. <laughs> it, it was absolutely, we only started meditating a few years ago. Uh, it was absolutely being fully present and noticing the emotions like so what Isabel saying is I think we get caught up in identifying with our emotions and what we need to be doing is just being aware of our emotions which is truly the benefit of meditation is not to attach to the thoughts that arise the idea is to become aware of those thoughts and then to maybe take it a step further as we're talking about with Joe Dispenza's book is like being able to uh, extract yourself from the old thoughts and rewire your brain to think of future. The, if you rewire your brain 
for a future reality that you really want, your body will eventually follow that reality. The unified field will present that for you. And so when she talk, when Gabby talks about brain waves, it, it is scientifically proven, they measure it. So when you are in beta state, you have no coherence in your brain waves. Meaning like one brain's firing one way, one brain's firing the other neuron, way. One neuron. Or neuron. One brain. Sorry, one brain. You have multiple brains now. <laughs> Technically, each chakra has its own brain center. So you do have multiple, but yes, they're all firing in different ways. You can't get them to coordinate. One wants to go one way. One's... And then as you enter alpha state, those brain waves all start firing in a coherent pattern. Well, besides the fact that you're going to manifest more happiness besides the fact that you're going to feel better this is how people heal themselves because they restructure their dna in this state and so we don't need to go deep into that if that's something you're curious about well one you could read joe dispense's book two you can come on the app and i'll be talking about videos there but getting those brain waves coherent has so many health benefits even if it's not a function of manifesting maybe happiness seems like people don't like to manifest happiness these days i don't know why but it's like you want to manifest wealth right everything you see is like manifest wealth 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 yes wealth gives you options but at the same time if you're waiting till you have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account to be happy well it's probably not going to be happen for you you have to work on being happy and then you can manifest the wealth right and so isn't the whole point of wealth anyways to promote more happiness so being able to just be happy in your in who you are at that moment for sure helps yeah um go ahead yeah so it's like a literally a five-step process that to go through so step one is just simply becoming aware of your emotions like if you can just state every morning i feel blank then you're becoming aware of your emotions that's all you have to do and even if it's vague like because some people get too caught up and i notice because they're over identifying with emotions i mean including me at a time you go i feel um what's like a more elaborate word for sad and you're like trying to think, is it melancholy? No. If you're feeling sad, just say sad. Like, there you go. You noticed your emotions. Then step two is recognizing, okay, there's my emotions. Now, if I want to manifest my real, the reality I want, what is the desire I have in the first place that is causing me to be stressed that I'm trying to achieve? So if you're already like, if you're working 24 seven because you're trying to manifest more wealth, well, why do you want the wealth? Is it so you can go on vacation? Is it so you have more time to be with your family? Is it so you can eat healthier? Is it so you can travel more? Is it so you can finally get that uh, RV you've wanted to travel the world? Whatever it is, notice what the desire is, the what. Now, then you go into step three, the why. Okay, why? How will this thing make me feel? And then you start to script out, oh, wow, if I really had this wealth right now to get this thing I want, then I'd feel happy. I'd feel vibrant. I'd feel thriving. I'd feel calm. I'd feel safe. I'd feel at ease. I'd feel energetic. Whatever it is, write it down and see if you can embody that feeling in that moment. So start listening to those words and sit and just try to feel them. Maybe you like some people who are more visual or SE and BTI types, picture colors is what I say. Like you can picture what your aura would literally look like that can help. And then you get to step four where it's execute and actually do that more often. You have to repeat the process of, you can't just say once, oh, this is what I want to feel like. You have to be constantly trying to every day put yourself in that emotional state. Like now I've gotten in the habit of waking up and saying, 
okay, I feel this, especially, which it leads me to my next point, but okay, I feel this way. How do I want to feel today? Not get caught up in how I already feel. How do I want to feel? And like seeing, allowing yourself to embody it because oftentimes because we feel negative emotions, while we should feel them and then let them go, we can also be caught in the negative emotions. So we need to just think, how can we feel? And then step five, which I put in the wrong spot, is you have to give yourself the self-care to get into that state of clearing where you can notice your emotions. That's interesting that you mentioned the last one because I was like, oh, so I have something to add to that, but that was your step five. So I was going to say the next part is, um, you know, people, you say how you wake up in the morning and say you do feel sad or in the middle of your day, say you feel some negative emotion and you're like, well, I know I want to feel like this, but I just can't get myself to shift. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge amount of willpower, mm -hmm. especially because the ego is playing games with you at the same time. It's running in the background. Like, no, if you, if you feel negative right now, it protects you. It protects you from the idea that you're feel of your failing or your protects you from all these other mm -hmm. negative emotions that are going to be even worse mm -hmm. than this negative emotion. Okay. So how do you shift it? I think this is kind of my idea. My, um, my, sorry, take on my, it. my take on it is that people need this flow state. Okay, so this flow state does not have to be my version of flow state. My version of flow state is the, you know, athletic form of flow state, the, the gamma state, the actual brainwave. But I think it's not necessarily the scientific term for flow state of reaching that gamma state. Everyone just needs the flow state where, their flow, where the energy gets flowing in their body. So we've got the scientific version of flow state, which is you got to get into gamma which is great, but then there's just the, the actual fluid motion, getting into your, um, getting the energy moving through your body. And so I think people need to do this through movement often. Movement is really good, especially just dynamic, creative movement. The solar plexus leads the fluidity, the solar plexus, uh, or sorry, the sacral chakra leads fluidity and sacral chakra, the element is water. So it's just associated all this together. So creative movement gets things flowing again if you're stuck. When you get things flowing, you can shift your emotions and then get back into the circuits you want to do. But then the other one is if you don't really want to move at the time or you're not feeling up, you're not in a situation where you can go just exercise and do creative movement, what you want to do. Um, breath work, breath work clears the nadis, gets the, gets the uh, prana flowing again because sometimes you just hit knots and lock in little... Um, spots in there it's like a, a switchback in a river where you're like i just can't get around the switchback yeah. i think uh you're absolutely right because we used flow state specifically through uh surfing and rock climbing we used flow state as a means to work through to this higher consciousness which is really just a higher awareness of the lack of attachment to your body in a way like as you work through more and more consciousness you start to detach from your physical reality you're like okay i had so much right when you're in fear or shame you have so much attachment to to being this idea of self-preservation and as you work through some of those things and you move past pride and acceptance and willingness and you get to these levels of uh love and you know it's it's weird but it's true that you start to not necessarily have as much attachment to your physical reality, which is, I've talked about this in other podcasts. It's kind of a weird place to be, to be like, I love these kids so much, but I can't, but I have to look at it as their like consciousness passing through and that the, you never want to, you never want any harm to come. But at the same time, if you grip to that fear, then it undoes everything you're working towards. So as you use, if you can use flow state through a sport, 
it's good because to us, we apply it. We think like, okay, we're out there. I mean, there's nothing as scary as being on the sharp end of a rope to me. I like freak, I don't freak out, but I, I definitely am not pushing myself to the, my capabilities like Gabby can do. And at the same time, using that as a means of awareness. I know they get, these guys do that. I know they go out and they climb or surf and they push themselves to like their physical limits. And in doing so, they're evaluating their emotional conscious awareness. But not everybody, this is, a, this is where it's ironic. Not everybody who chases flow state is using their flow state to do that. Flow state is just a really great medium to use if you want. If you don't want to do adventure sports, you can absolutely do the breath work because that's pretty powerful. I think in some ways breath work is the most powerful. Right. Way to and it's do almost it. like they're they're almost two totally different things in a way. Because in a way. I almost should like refer to the breath work as that's the flow and then the other one's flow state. Because in a way, you know, let's take me for example. I have part of the reality that I want to bring into my life is that I want to perform at a certain level in my climbing. That's the desire that I'm working towards. And I actually use the other form of flow state to obtain the, because what I really want is to be in those moments of flow state. That's what I'm desiring. That's the reality I'm trying to manifest. And with that comes, you know, certain levels of intrinsic achievement that I strive for. Um, so the fluidity is a means of getting, of manifestation, whereas the, you know, the fluidity, the breath work is a means of obtaining that. And so, yeah, there's not to be, it's not to be confused with one another in a way. And it's not, I mean, I think we're, tr I guess I'm trying to present it in like, I get it. It's complicated. We have, we all have our core desire, right? Gabby's type three. She's naturally going to always have that core desire for achievement. I'm always going to be the challenger. I'm always going to like, even in this sentence, I'm challenging the idea, but but the important thing is to know what you're working with. So Gabby's done an amazing job this summer of this, where she, she really wants to like have this tick at a certain level, boom, I achieved it. But simultaneously knows that if I have everything wrapped up into that tick, then I'm not going to enjoy the process of doing it. And I actually love the process of doing it because I lose myself in it, right? Yeah. And, and, and that there's this beautiful balance that if we actively pursue both, I think that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think it's super hard just even, this is kind of going back to the original thing because it's so hard. Because what's hard is that we're not, that's not the reality even when we go out and pursue that reality. What's hard is that we can't pursue that reality every, or I can't pursue that reality every single day. And so it's more like when you're, you know, when we're at home, for example, I'm, I just think I want to be there, right? You know, so whatever your desire is, you know, I want money. I want to have that, that day where I'm wealthy. And, or even I want to have the day where I feel like I'm getting closer to that being wealthy. And maybe today is not that day. Today you feel like I didn't make progress towards my goals, right? You feel this too in your yeah. work, your career, your purpose. And I think it's the breath work is to help you shift into I think what's hard is not that the goal, the goal and the desire is the moment where you need to, to have detachment from, right? But I think that's what you're kind of getting at. Like you have to have detachment, um, attachment and detachment, a balance. Yes. And I think it's more important to understand the detachment when you're in the moment of the negative emotion 
because you shouldn't let go of the desire because if you don't, if you let go of the desire, you become apathetic. Right. So you have to let, let go of the attachment to the present experience while also balancing it's true. <laughs> balancing no, the desire for the for the future experience. Yeah. It's like recently they've been saying, because I've had this struggle of emotions in general and trying to uh, identify them, they've been saying this phrase at the same time of life is suffering and you should just accept it. And my brain's like, no, I don't want to accept that at all. That sounds awful. But now I'm starting to get it more what it means as they've been we've been talking about this and learning this, especially because like you said, like today was a great example. I kind of woke up and I was already in sort of a bad mood and I was trying to figure out, okay, how, what do I want to feel like? What's that manifestation? And so I tried to put myself in it. Throughout the day, I still had a little bit of trouble getting into that, especially because literally the environment is cold and damp right now. I just feel tired. And so I kind of forgot that what I needed to do was get into that flow state, do breath work or something or some, uh, do an exercise. And I didn't do it all day because the activation energy was too much. It's not that I necessarily didn't have the time. I was slightly busy, but I could have easily made the time for it. The activation energy was too much. And I feel like this is a struggle for a lot of people with just the simplest thing of breath work or self-care or noticing their emotions or manifesting their desires or staying in their emotional alignment is the activation energy is too much. And there's only one way out of that, which is simply put that there's no way out you have to make the effort. Like if you have to think about what is the thing I'm, emotion I'm trying to manifest in my life and do I want it bad enough to actually get up and do the breath work for five minutes because you know, those five minutes are so much work to, you know, just put yourself back into alignment. So remembering that desire you want and actually thinking, do I want this? Then yes, then do it. There's no excuse. You can't just say, oh, well, I didn't have the time. That's how you get stuck back in the thought loop and stay where you are now. If you want to keep living the life you have, then you can keep making excuses. You can have either have excuses or results, which is a phrase I really don't didn't like for a while, but now I like more. But it's a common theme in our house. It feels good when you're excuses or results. Double. Yeah. No, that doesn't mean though, too, another thing, which brings me to my second point, <laughs> um, which is that life is suffering thing slash something else that you have to like, while you should think is what is the desire I want? Okay, let me take action to do that thing. You can either have excuses or results. So I'm going to take action. You also have to be again, nurturing yourself in this experience now so that to try to make that reality now, now you might not be able to make that reality that you want present now. And that's where it comes in, like Gabby and Robin were saying, that you have to accept your current reality and that it might not be perfect and have that trust that it'll be there. And that is such an important part because you can get caught up in like, oh, well, I'm still not there. I'm still not there. I know this is a problem for me. But by just bringing yourself back, like, okay, you I did my best now in trying to, the trust part is so hard to just say, you have to be able to trust that it's going to happen well, also, you, this is why the chakras are so valuable to understand because it truly does take alignment from all of them. What she's saying, uh, Isabel is going to be the top kids mindfulness coach very soon. Okay. And so we tell she, ha she has to, when she feels overwhelmed, this is why she was saying like, oh, emotionally, emotionally, she feels overwhelmed. She pours her heart and soul into 
creating amazing Instagram posts that help people and creating blogs and Pinterest. But guess what? You're up against an AI that might not like how you're presenting or might not like that you're not sitting there worshiping that AI God for 12 hours a day. And so it takes a lot of strength to be able to sit in that intention of, I am adding value to the world, even though I'm not getting the, uh, I'm not getting it back in return what I'm giving. And so these chakras are so important because you step back and you can sit, see that intention and be like, is this what I really want? Do I want to make a difference? Do I want to be valued for helping kids uh, feel less anxious, feel more mindful, be happier, all these confident? Yes. The answer is always yes. I always go back to Isabel. Is this the thing you want? Yes. I'm like, you are so good at this. Don't give up. Just because we live in a society where the AI is weird, is that like, as long as you come back to your intention, you know your intention's pure, you know you can help the world, it's for a good good purpose, um, it's, you do really have to go back to the crown chakra and just trust. And that's what, that's what Joe Dispense is basically saying. That's what manifestation is all about. Do you have a pure intention? Hold on to that intention, wrap it in emotion. Don't get attached to the negative emotions. Sit in that positive emotion as long as you can. Three times a day for 10 minutes is a good start. Yeah, and that was the other part that I couldn't remember clearly a second ago that I was trying to say is on top of trusting, and that that's the hardest part for us is trusting and waiting, which is especially for me is hard, is like being able to wait for the manifestation to play out. The number one worst thing you can do is get back into a loop of unworthiness feeling and self-hate because we believe sometimes in our society too, like we're like, if I didn't get it immediately, if I'm not seeing results immediately, then it must not be working, especially for work for me and really all aspects of my life that I'm trying to manifest is that I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen results yet. So how do I know I'm doing it right? I just assume I'm doing it wrong. And so I go back into that loop of unworthiness and self-hate. And that's an important spot to catch yourself too, that you can't go back to that. So it's like, oh, literally a balance of type nine, I feel like in type three, type three of like life is suffering, be gritty, push so, yourself. Yeah. And then like being able to sit in stillness and like, okay, things she, are playing out. You touched on something super important. She went and looked at the external environment for validation that she was doing it right. And what Joe Dispense is trying to say is that every time you do that, if you go to the external senses for validation, you end up actually feeling like a victim because it brings a low frequency emotion. And what we have to do while, yes, I know from a business standpoint, you're supposed to know your analytics. Well, maybe sometimes you have to, I'll, my two cents, whenever she says that, I'm like, check your analytics less often look once a month or once a week, like find a amount that you helps you know, but where your only, where your analytics should come in is in your heart. Go into your, go into your chakras and go sit there with the intention and go, does it feel right? I do it all the time because self-doubt creeps in all the time and I have to close my eyes and like, am I doing something good that feels in alignment with myself and it serves the world? Just keep plugging away. And it's, it's a really hard self-discipline to, to master, but I mean, I'm proud of us. We're, we're here. We're, we're... Okay. Leave a comment if you think this helps. <laughs> Gabby's turn. So we were talking about trust like two conversations ago. Yeah. Um, before me and Mom did podcast again. Oh, no. No. Okay. Gabby's life path um, is seven okay. trust. So she's the expert. Okay. On this so one. my question is, so not, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so we're talking about trust, right? And you're kind of like just this, yeah, trust is going to be okay. And then balance it with, with like uh, a present, you know, lining with your intention, wrapping with emotion. Okay. So where trust has to do with multiple aspects, you know, if you think that your external reality is, um, getting in your way of this manifestation, like you have to trust that the, the world is going to be the way you need it to be. Really, honestly, you have to trust that part. Now, what about the part um, where you have to, with trust comes belief. Trust is belief. I believe with full 100% certainty that this manifestation is possible. This is going to be part of my life, that it is, it's, already, it's already been done. It's already happening. It's already going to happen. It's set in motion. Okay. With that comes, how do you believe in yourself? So I was just mm -hmm. gonna say, okay, yeah, that's, it's really, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean I've mastered it. I know what I'm working towards. I trust in the unified field and I believe in my intention. I, that's where I think I have to do. I have to trust that there's this unified field out there full of electromagnetic waves that want to align with my electromagnetic waves. And I have to believe in myself to boost those electromagnetic waves, boost that frequency to match what's going to be delivered. And that's the hardest part. The belief has to be all internal in your own, in your own, um, in your own intention, right? You have to believe in your worthiness. You have to believe in your capabilities. You have to believe that, um, you know, that you, that you right. have so, something to get Right, offer, so right? believe, right, okay, so then with belief though, let's say, you know, you sit down, you do a meditation, you're trying to feel into these emotions, and you've got these, every time you try to say positive things, you have negative self-talk, subconscious programs, all these things are coming up, and they literally, if you have good awareness, um, are go you're going to notice them, you're like, wow, they're just so present, omnipresent, so how do people clear the same their way, subconscious yeah. programs the same way i do with alcohol <laughs> that's a great statement <laughs> i don't <Yes>. drink <laughs> no you don't drink but so i don't want to give up my one glass of wine maybe i should but i don't want to give that up instead what i do most days is do 10 habits that are beneficial detoxing habits so i will drink a detox tea and fast for 20 hours and go for a run and sweat and i'll do all these other good things because for me to just focus on taking out the one negative is it that it it causes too much stress or causes too much anxiety and so instead sometimes i just squeeze the bad one out like yesterday i didn't have a glass of wine or a beer or anything i was i was too busy doing all the other good things that's not to say I would ever attach myself to say that I am never having a glass of wine. That would be insane. I've said it many times and I've never done it. Um, so that's how I would say it. you have to. So it's not a function while you are going to notice the negative self-talk. It's not a function of frowning on yourself for having the negative self-talk. It's putting in 10, 20, 100 positive self-talks and eventually so much positive self-talk. Just there's not enough room. There's not enough time in the day for the negative. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So it's kind of what we've done. It's, I, you know, I worry too. I worry all the time about the state of the world. But then I go, well, we, keep, we still keep traveling. We still keep going for it. And it works out, it seems like. Yeah. 
And so I wanted to add my own take uh, to add my own take onto that too. And what my opinion has been in my own experience for how do you start believing in yourself as a type nine who never pushed themselves outside of their box for a long time. If you want to be able to believe in yourself, you have to start making yourself do things that you thought were unbelievable. And so that could be not suddenly like you have to climb Mount Everest or learn how to do some insane athletic feet or something. It could be something so simple as like, I notice how people will tell me all the time, like, wow, I care about this person, or I think this thing, or I think that, or I love, I wish I could do this creative thing. Well, why don't you create it? Why don't you compliment that person? Why don't you do that one act of kindness that you didn't do? You have to start doing those small little actions, those small solar plexus actions, or those big ones that would make you think, wow, my, I think I'm a pretty cool human being. If you're not doing those things, I then I don't think you're can will ever be able to believe in yourself. If you're working a job you hate, if you're just staying inside your box, if you're not even like speaking the words you want to speak or like looking on the things you want to on Instagram, if you're not doing something small that is in alignment with your heart and your soul, then you're not going to be able to start believing you can do amazing things. So start doing those amazing things, whether that's like hiking, climbing. I know for me, those are small things or talking to strangers. That was a big one for me too, just by being able to, okay, let me see if I can be my authentic self when I talk to a stranger. Let me see if I can, I saw something that made me want to compliment that person. Can I go get myself to do that brave thing to me who was socially anxious to compliment them? Wow, I did that. That was amazing. Wow, I did that hike. That was amazing. You have to start putting, setting yourself up in just small situations and then bigger ones to be able to believe in yourself and surround yourself with people who you find inspiring and unbelievable. Whether that's also requires gratitude as well to actually recognize when people are amazing, but also with look on your Instagram, look at the people in your environment. Are you hanging out with the people who make you feel good? Are you looking at the people on Instagram who provide you with inspiration? And on a smaller level too, what kind of music are you listening to? Because I look at society nowadays and a lot of people are listening to this negative mo uh, music who, and we all listen to music a lot. We, a lot of us do. And music has incredible effects on our mental health and our physical health. It makes us trigger emotions. That's what it does. So listen to what you're hearing around you and start changing. All right. I think, I think that was pretty powerful. Thanks for the inspiration today, Isabel. I think we touched on a lot of really powerful, help, helpful things. Let us know if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments below uh, what you want to hear more of on our Awaken Wednesdays. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for all the downloads. We appreciate it. Uh, remember, subscribe and share us with your friends and get on the app because that's where we get to teach. We Here we get to inspire on the app. We teach, we give the how-tos, we give, you know, you can access so many of our cool uh, courses. You can get swag. No one gets that one <laughs> to defy the North swag. So many things and never, never be shy to uh, reach out to us and let us know what resonates with you, how we could help you more, or just share your, share your struggle. We all have them. All right. Yes. Thanks. Thanks.